All right, this is Brent Leary, and I have with me today Matt Thompson. He is the Vice President of BizDev and Platforms for Clout. Matt, thanks for joining me today, man. Dude, thanks for having me. So before we jump in and start getting deep into the whole thing on online influence and how clout is really becoming a standard for, the, for measuring that, maybe you could tell us a little bit about your personal background. Sure. Um, mostly spent uh, my time in, uh, let's say, uh, SaaS companies, uh, consumerizing the enterprise, more on the product side. So cloud's actually my first, technically my first biz dev role, I guess uh, you could say. Um, before this, I guess from an industry perspective, worked at Lithium and Microsoft. Microsoft is a dynamic CRM area. Um, and then Lithium, I ran all their business side products. Um, so uh, social CRM, I guess. Uh, came over to Clout when Clout was about, uh, I think I was like point number seven or eight, first business guy, if you will. Um, and then, yeah, since then, now we're a, you know, a pretty decently strapping company. Uh, but again, my background is mostly in the product side, a little bit of marketing, and then now the dev and some M&A. So that's me in a nutshell. <laughs> and and he's also a, a season ticket holder for the Golden State Warriors, which I just found out about too. So <laughs> I still like too. But you, you mentioned you're being employee number seven uh, at Clout, so you've been there for years. How, just out of curiosity, how is it more difficult, or is it more is it easier to be able to measure online influence today as compared to when Clout first got rolling a couple of years back? Uh, no, it's infinite, I mean, it's basically infinitely more difficult is what I would say. And there's two real, I think two real, uh, like, issues or reasons that, that that's the case. I mean, one is, one is basically industry-wide, and then the other one's cloud-specific. So let's talk about the industry one, industry-wide one first. I mean, there's just more content, more social content being created in more formats, right? So I think estimates are that there's about, 2.3 billion people um, in the world on some form of social enterprise, I guess, out there. Um, so not meaning enterprise like the enterprise, like some sort of social communication device, right? Uh, obviously, reasons to proliferate, proliferate that are like mobile, um, make it easier, uh, and then different forms. So you've got video now is like much easier to um, to work with, uh, both from a production standpoint and bandwidth is getting better. Images are coming really strong. Um, Instagram, obviously, their growth cannot be, uh, cannot be trifled with. So I think from a signals perspective, um, it's just gotten more and more difficult. And I don't know how anybody who doesn't just think about this as a single kind of standalone company can actually do it in a meaningful way. Um, that said, I mean, it, there's still going to be way more signals in the future. Obviously, you have all the wearables now, the sensors like the Nike Fuel, like all those kinds of things. And they all constitute, at least in the cloud mindset, some kind of call and response type of signal that indicates some kind of influence or even expertise, uh, you know, in the world. Now, from a cloud standpoint, why it's gotten harder is, obviously, we started with a very kind of like robust vision but a very simple kind of way to try to uh, parlay that vision to the world, which was the cloud score. Um, and for us now, we're starting to break it. Well, we're not even just starting. I mean, we started two years ago or two and a half years ago, breaking it down into more contextualized chunks. So if you think about topical expertise, um, you know, when I started, we, really, we had a little bit of a notion of that. And then we had, let's say, about 13 million over time, um, people that we could 
dictate like a topical form of influence in. So Matt is influential in Pabst Blue Ribbon, that kind of thing. Now we've gotten to the point where we can actually crunch, crunch data enough to dictate that for about 150 million people. Mm. Um, and then you also have the kind of like from a cloud standpoint, you have the self-selection mechanism, which is some people, even though they might talk about a topic a lot and be very influential in it. So if I talk about perhaps Blue Ribbon all the time, um, and people respond to that uh, and say and they trust what I'm saying about Paps and go get the Paps special, whatever it is. Um, you know, some people don't actually consider themselves influential in that, so we have to give tools for them to kind of self-select in and out of topics that they feel like they're influential or not influential in. So there's the, the macro kind of trend, which is more content created by more people in more formats on more devices. Um, and I just don't see how anybody can keep up with that without having a specific company doing that, and then or companies. And then the other one is basically internally, we just expect more of ourselves. Right. Wow. Uh, well, you mentioned Instagram, and we all know the the power of Facebook and Twitter. But in, in a conversation we had a little a little before we started this uh, this recording, um, you mentioned how Instagram is becoming a real force in the measurement of influence. Uh, when did you see that happening? How, how quickly can you determine whether a new network, whether it's going to be something that's going to have to be dealt with, it becomes very important in this sphere of influence as opposed to some of the other ones that come out with the big noise and then they sort of go away? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I would actually kind of break that question down into kind of volume versus niche. You know, I mean, I think that there's some – there's some niche networks out there that are just very important, and this is something that Clout, you know, probably is a little bit long-term vision on some of this stuff. Like if you think of something like a stock twits, I don't know if you're familiar with stock. Oh twits. yeah. Mm-hmm. Hyper verticalized, money-oriented, trading-oriented social network, right? Um, so I, like, I, I guess I'm going to bring that up first because I want to push that out of the way and say like those are hy- those are super interesting to us, mostly because of the very robust verticalization, right? Spotify now has a specific music network, if you will. Um, so there's those that kind of do really well in a vertical focus. Um, now, to answer your question more directly about kind of volume-oriented networks, I mean, what you see with Instagram is we just see our registered user base attaching their Instagram accounts at a level that's almost above Twitter and Facebook at this point. Um, so you can see some pure volume numbers and just rate of growth. Because if you think about cloud at the end of the day, a lot of users, what they come and do is aggregate all their networks into one place. And Instagram just grows so quickly. And, and the big thing, though, is it doesn't abate. So this is probably really the, the answer to your question, Brent, which is there's some hype cycle on these things, which you're probably familiar with the hype cycle, right, where you go up through the hype cycle and then go into the, the trough of disillusionment. And mm. with Instagram, you just don't see that. You just mm. see it continuing to grow and up, up and to the right. And I think that's really – so like a, a, let me give you a, an example of a good network that I think I personally love um, that I haven't seen – the jury's still out on, I would say, in that, that kind of hype cycle, which is Vine. I don't know yeah. how much you've used Vine. Yeah, I mean, you use it once or me, twice. I, yeah. yeah, it's like a good example. Now it's number one app in the App Store. Um, you see more and more Vines being created. And I, but I would say that like we're still in that phase to see if that's going to be really sticky the way Instagram is. Um, but indications for Vine are pretty good right now. Mm. So I think it's a lot about just no abatement, 
would be my, my key answer to that. So just a continual upswing for an extended amount of time until you, you basically put it in the kind of the landscape of the bigger guys that have already crossed the chasm, so to speak. That's right. I mean, you know, you, the opposite side is you have networks that like kind of burst, like highlight and stuff like that that just don't ever get traction, right? So, yeah, it's funny too. I, I mean, I, I, we, I guess we all have stories of using the, the latest and greatest shiny, and then like a week later, it's like, okay, we, right. next. <laughs> right. It kind of goes. You gotta, it's got to go beyond utility. I mean, right. This is exactly. this is something that or get to utility is what I would say. I mean, I think this is something that CloudWorks we spend a lot of our effort on, you know, trying to bridge the market from where we are today to where we when we think the market will actually arrive for something like cloud. Like I still think we're probably two years ahead of our time, um, you know, where it really becomes something a little more mainstream, if you will. Um, and so we think about utility a lot, and I think all these other networks have to think about it as well. You, we see a lot of uh, instances of big brands starting to use cloud to engage you know, influential uh, folks online to get them involved with whatever they're doing from an activity standpoint and you know, to build the brand. Are you seeing smaller businesses uh, being able to leverage what you guys are doing in terms of uh, using clout from a corporate branding perspective? So this is, I know you and I had talked about this a little bit last week. I mean, I think if you're talking about brick and mortar, like Little Star Pizza in San Francisco that has two or three locations, right? Um, no, not yet. It's not there for them yet. I mean, they might have a fan page on Facebook and maybe a Twitter account. Um, and that's about it, right? Yeah. Um, for now, for like, uh, like a small, what I would consider an SMB, like a Cirque du Soleil, even though they have a pretty outsized brand, they're still, in my world, an SMB, you know? Yeah. Um, you know, because they're not an enterprise, right? Like, for them, absolutely. And usually what it comes down to is the quality of the company. So in other words, is it a consumer-facing company um, that uh, uses brand and awareness to then drive uh, purchase down the funnel? And is it a heavy word-of-mouth driven industry? Right? Fashion's pretty good for this. Obviously, travel and entertainment like Cirque, music, um, all of those kind of SMBs in those areas? Absolutely. Um, and then, but it's still, to be honest with us, it's still, it's creeping down, but I would say it's still in the upper echelons of like the P&Gs of the world. Um, right. McDonald's, et cetera, where it really comes down to um, whether or not they care about their actual brand. Um, and I, the, here's like where I would, a lot of SMBs, where I would draw the line, a lot of SMBs consider themselves very um, into kind of like conversion-based products. And obviously influence, advocacy, word of mouth lends itself very well to basically uh, brand the whole brand funnel of awareness, consideration, purchase intent, et cetera, right? So that's why we see ourselves more on the consider purchase side, auto, et cetera, and then basically kind of your shelf buys, like P&G, like buy the soap kind of stuff. So less conversion-based. So I kind of took that question in a way maybe that was a little different, but I would say SMBs are still arriving more or less. Yeah. Big brand. Oh, that's great. That, that, no, I'm glad you took it in that direction. Um, uh, for those who are, you would think, meet the criteria of being ready and they're in the right industries and they have a, a pretty good handle on 
uh, using online social to to connect. What are some of the best ways that they could begin to use clout? Well, I mean, I think generally our perks program has proven really successful um, in mobilizing uh, influencers to discuss a brand. So that's clearly like still our kind of bread and butter business. Um, where we're really, and then of course, obviously, our API is just utilized by, like, actually, we do billions of calls a month on our API, and that means, like, you know, we're in every kind of major B2B, B2B2C, I should say, application, um, either for social support, uh, which is kind of your classic case, right? Which of these people should I respond to first? And usually, right now, with kind of support verging into marketing, I would say. Um, it ends up being a big tool in that area because obviously brand managers want to make sure that their brand stays nice and shiny. Um, so they want to make sure that they're, you know, ameliorating or at least like satisfying perhaps the most influential people so they don't have a lot of brand damage that they have to deal with later. Um, so the two major products, just to kind of wrap that up, would be like perks right now, and I can explain that if, if it makes sense to your audience. And then um, our API and our data is just heavily utilized. Going forward, uh, we're basically going to be moving a little bit more into allowing, so we announced Cloud for Business uh, almost a month ago now, maybe three weeks ago, and we're going to be looking a lot more at letting brands come in and do self-service. And what we are going to stay away from is lists. So we're not into giving out lists. Um, with our consumer side, we just don't feel that that's pretty much the right thing to do for our consumers. So giving out lists to brands to let them spam a bunch of people that are influential in the topics they care about doesn't really appeal to us as a company. Um, I mean, one of our kind of values is uh, deliver value with integrity, and that means to the consumer as well. So just to like make sure that I always carve that out because I think that's what a lot of companies in this space do. Um, but what we're going to be doing is giving more tools around uh, audience analysis and group management of influencers, and mm -hmm. then allow. Uh, brands to not only give rewards based on that, but also do conduct surveys of the, their top influencers so that basically they're getting the opinion of the most influential people in the market for their brand. Um, and then we're going to be experimenting with other engagement channels to come off of cloud. So if you think about like a LinkedIn, I don't know how familiar brand you are with LinkedIn, they kind of have an in-mail feature. They have a consumer yep. side, they have an enterprise side, a recruiter side in their case. And then they have an in-mail feature which allows those two like, sides of the platform to connect. We think about our business very much more like that. Mm. Um, Interesting. Does that make I, mean, I, I know that was a kind of a rambling uh, answer to your question, but the simplest, simple thing is right now we, we do perks and we do our API. And we've, that's yeah. been pretty stable for two years. And now this year we're moving into new realms. That's really kind of how it is. No, that's very cool. And that's the last question before we uh, we let you go. Is you know, there's still some folks out there who who uh, have some issues or concerns with measuring influence and in, in online influence because they don't feel like it gives you the total picture of uh, somebody's actual influence. Which you know, in certain cases, I can understand that. But are you are doing anything to address some of the concerns that people may still have in terms of getting the full measure of somebody's influence? I mean, yes. <laughs> I mean, you're going to say no, right? Uh, <laughs> I, 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 absolutely. I mean, I, but I think, the, I, I think when I 
get into that world, um, I start to think a lot about kind of the old word of mouth practices, um, you know, about worrying about everybody's kind of offline influence in every way, shape, and form. And, you know, it, it's kind of like where do you draw the line at saying this is the amount of information we can actually utilize. Um, and then this is the amount of information that gets us 80% of the way there. Um, so I think anything that has scaled in history had to make some concessions to perfect, like, to perfection, right? So in other words, like, there are some concessions with perfection um, taking a backseat. So do I think we'll ever perfect it? No, absolutely not. Do I think um, we're going to do a lot more at scale than any other company can do out there that's trying to perfect it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then the other part of it is, frankly, usually those complaints come from, from the business side of the world. And while we care about the business side of the world, I mean, our biggest benefit, frankly, to businesses as well is the fact that we have a consumer side of our, of our platform. Mm. And consumers can't or don't want to absorb that much different information and enter that much different information. You know, I mean, it's, it's, uh, you have to make things a little simpler to use for consumers and find, like I said, that utility. So if I were to say what's our one guiding principle is to make cloud a viable utility for consumers, not to make money from brands. So while I hear that kind of general complaint, um, I would say the, the one thing is I think we do pretty well as it is. Um, I can guarantee that we have more science behind what we do than any of the so-called experts out there in this field of word of mouth. Um, I would also say that it's just not our core, core uh, mission to be absolutely perfect right now. In the future, sure, but that's like 10 years down the line. Again, when the sensors come into play and all that kind of stuff, right? I mean, <laughs> sensors, sensors with bands and stuff will be the great equalizer in this because I won't have to go and get someone to ship me their, like, black belt in the mail after they, like, <laughs> just finished a karate training to figure out whether they're an expert in karate, you know? I mean, that's no, this is great. I really appreciate you uh, taking on that question because uh, what you just put out there is very helpful, I think, to a lot of people. It helped me understand things. Uh, yeah, Matt, we had a great conversation the, with... Hey, Brett, oh. one other thing. I, I just want to like – the other thing is the results we get even with what we do is pretty – on the business side is pretty amazing, right? I mean, like the ROI from like a Chevy Volt campaign or something like that where they sell six cars, like that's where I say, you know what? The measurement could be better, but the results we tend to get are pretty outstanding given the 80-20 rule we're kind of or ascribing to. So yeah. anyway, that's kind of my like end game. So. Very cool. Uh, this has been a great conversation with Matt Thompson from Clout. Uh, Matt, where can people learn more? Although I'm pretty sure if they just go to clout.com, they can learn a whole bunch about uh, what you guys are up to. But is there anything in specific you'd like folks to look out for? I would say, Clout, I mean, clout.com is like obviously a great resource. Um, you know, and I think uh, there's some really good books like Mark Schaefer on influence and stuff like that are out there that are very interesting. Um, that are kind of good reads about the, the market overall. Thanks for your time, man. We really appreciate it. And looking forward to uh, seeing how your Warriors do in the playoffs this year, man. Cool, man. See you out in San Francisco sometime, I hope. You, I, I think you will. Thanks a lot. All right. All right. All right. Hold on a second. <coughs>